White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter, Ecknerwall23. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and the show is at Locked On Sox. 312-566-8727 is the way you can leave us a voice message or go old school with the email. Locked on socks at gmail.com. It is a beautiful night and a beautiful victory. Chris, how's it going tonight? Oh, you said it perfectly. Uh, it's a beautiful night for myself, beautiful night for Jim Tomey in my basement, and a beautiful night for Bill Walton as well. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turkle Bridge, Division Street. Let's go. And we are brought to you tonight by Locked on MLB, our friends of uh, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully every day on Locked on MLB. He gives you a unique look at the majors, both present and past, feeding check-ins from the Locked on MLB Network's team of local experts like us and insightful analysis on the day's biggest stories. Locked on MLB is the single best source for daily baseball talk. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. I'm just thinking about that, Herb. Um, ever since you uh, dropped uh, – F-bombs on our guy Sully. We have not been invited back to the program. And the White Sox remain a national story. I just thought about that right oh, now. God. It's uh, kind of wild when you think about it, actually. But uh, I'm sure. Not even about anything bad. I was just saying Blucky bleeping dent. <laughs> right. A, a, a common you know, axiom, a, a phrase that's uttered in baseball circles uh, on the East Coast. Uh, you know, But uh, it's what it is. I think we'll still find a way to talk to Sully next week, maybe. Um, no. So the White Sox win uh, three to nothing. They beat the Rays. Uh, the Indians, they beat the Orioles seven to two. So the division lead remains at four and a half games. All right, some quick news to get out of the way here. Um, some good, some bad. Uh, what should we give the people first, Herb? I think they know the at this news. point. Yeah, bad news first. I'm always a bad news first kind of guy. Um, Nick Madrigal is going to be out for the season. Slappy is going to have surgery on his hamstring, and it just it sucks. I think we all thought this was coming. You know, um, it's it's one of those situations where they they elected to have the surgery and instead of waiting to see how it healed on its own. But I think this was the right move for Nick Madrigal and the White Sox. They could. You know, not force this kid, this, your your first round pick, to come back earlier and, and press the issue, but maybe it was uh, it was just beyond uh, the point of uh, of healing on its own. So they're gonna opt to go in there for surgery. He'll be back by spring training, twenty twenty two, and. Uh, Michael Kopech, the good news is he is uh, throwing off a mound, so he will likely be back sooner than later. So that'll be a welcome sight to have Kopech back out there, and certainly will uh, you know miss uh, having Nick Madrigal out there, but we'll get to his replacement, Danny Mendick, a little later on in the show. But uh, one of the hot topics on Sox Twitter today, on White Sox Twitter, uh, was, okay, now that you know for sure Nick Madrigal's going to be gone, for the rest of the season, what do you do? The the Adam Frazier thing came back around, and you first brought that to light 
last week on the show uh, when the injury first came out for Nick Madrigal and a lot of people were talking about that we were joking around you know about how we were going to Pittsburgh next week and you do the thing where you know Adam Frazier gets to switch dugouts they give him the tribute videos he walks from one dugout to the other changing his uh, uniform in the process but um, where are you where are you at just a little you know put your Rick Hahn Teflon suit on and your Rick Hahn's baseball pants on in terms of needs for you this was a good topic on Sox Twitter today and people seem to be divided by it um, where are you in terms of needs for the White Sox at this moment with the absence of Nick Madrigal now for the rest of the year are you someone who's inclined to go out there and make a move for a top tier middle infielder um, do you think maybe they need a, an outfielder just as we thought they did after the uh, two injuries to Jimenez and Roberts or uh, like we talked about last week uh, before these injuries uh, to the injury to Madrigal do you think maybe a right-handed arm in the bullpen where do you stand right now uh, assuming you have limited resources to work with if you're Rick Hahn what are you doing Herb? I'm going for the second baseman either it's going to be Frazier out there in Pittsburgh a reunion in Eduardo Escobar, who's strugg- not struggling himself. The team, Arizona, is struggling out there. Getting him, as uh, James Fox has told me, that would be more of his target yeah. of a more realistic guy whose contract is up this year, more of a realistic Jerry thing. Yeah, I love so, that. Yeah. Love Eduardo Escobar. You know, for those who don't remember, for you youngsters out there, uh, he was a member of the Sox in 2012, uh, traded for Francisco Liriano, and uh, he had a really nice career in Minnesota and then eventually to Arizona, but he's got a good team player, good fundamental player, great clubhouse guy, mm-hmm. um, great defensive player. So, yeah, I like that call there by, by James Fox. I don't think you have to break the bank and get an Adam Frazier. Yeah, and so you solidify a position where, yeah, you're getting good play from Danny Mendick, but I think in my heart of hearts, and I think most White Sox fans and Rick Hahn himself knows, that's not a guy that's going to give you plus-plus uh, second base like he's going to do it with a glove but he's after eventually you'll see the numbers and you'll see what he does he's like eh, it's fine you don't want to leave anything unturned like no stone unturned here so if you have a, a second baseman that's fine that can't be they're going to get their two uh, outfielders or one of them is outfielder one of them's designated hitter back so the lineup is going to be set to solidify the lineup as a whole you got to have some second baseman that's giving you some plus effort and plus numbers out there. And those two guys will do it. And I don't want to be leaving uh, a championship out there just because next year, Nick Madrigal's coming back. Never in history of ever will I <laughs> sacrifice or even like not go all out thinking that, man, I don't want to have Frazier because I have magical next year. That's a great problem to have. And that's a problem I think Rick is willing to have for next year. You need to go all out for this championship. You could see it. I didn't believe when you were saying earlier in the year where you say the White Sox are a World Series contender because the Aloy thing just killed me, killed me off of that track. And you know me. Why didn't you share that with us? You know, I picked, I, I, picked, I, 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 mean, I didn't want to break your bubble. That's your opinion. No, but I, no, I'm not no. going to tell you that. No, but I, that so would, when that, I would like to ahead. know where your head's at in that regard. Like if you felt like that was a drastic uh, blow to their, their, their chances, you know, even, you know, uh, I knew you thought Minnesota was, was the better team before yeah. that, you know? So yeah, I guess, you know, one could put two and two together there in that regard, but, uh, and so yeah, I didn't, yeah, when you yeah. were saying that, I was like, ah, that's just lofty. It's very lofty. 
But now it's here, and I see them play 40 or 60-plus games. I'm like, they are one of the best teams in the American League. And getting into the World Series is all it is to do. And you have one of the best pitching staffs in the league. So you can go up against the Padres, the Giants, the Dodgers, whoever it may be, the Mets, and shut them down while your bats establish that I saw the stat today. When they hit a home run, yeah. they're tough to beat. So, yeah, I'm I'm in. These guys are World Series contenders, and you need to act as such and leave no stern unturned and go for the gusto whatever you can get that is going to be improvement on Danny Mendick is an improvement on the team and I'm good for that and I'm not saying Danny's a bad player I just don't think he's a second baseman for a world championship winning team yeah I think there there are two there's no wrong way to go about this I think anyone could look at this situation and, and you definitely realize like yeah they've got some depth issues now when you when you have Nick Madrigal no longer there and, and Danny Mendick becomes your number one second baseman and you saw Liguri out there at third today and Moncada that's another, another news item here he had a sinus infection so that's why he was out of the lineup last night hopefully he'll be back in you know he's day to day I'd love to see him back in there today but you it's pretty clear now that the, the Sox have some depth issues now in the middle infield so they're they're going to need to acquire a, a warm body and that's why I think the uh, the Escobar thing makes sense at a very very baseline level but to your point about being a World Series contender I, I agree with you there and you just look at this team this year look at the contracts we talked about it before Lance Lynn window you all of a sudden something we never thought we'd be talking about the Carlos Rodon window where you don't feel like he's going to be a part of the mix next year because it looks like he's going to most likely price himself out you know, and he's probably not going to offer up a hometown discount. And will Jerry Reinsdorf even pony up to pay for pitching? You know, uh, even for a guy that's that's in your in house already, and a guy who you you've seen do incredible things after coming back from incredible adversity. Like I don't think he'll be a part of the mix next year, especially with Scott Boris being his agent. But at the end of the day, these players are their own men, and and the agents work for the player, not the other way around. So if Carlos Rodon wants to be here. You know, for whatever rate the White Sox are willing to give him, I, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility because he decided to come back here even after the White Sox telling him, no, you're not good enough, we don't want you, at least not at that price tag. And he still came back because he wanted to win. So there's a lot of variables here, but you have to work under the assumption that your pitching staff is not going to be this good next year. You're probably not going to re-sign these two guys who have a chance to hit free agency in Lynn and Rodon. So you have to treat this year with, uh, with a special – you know, view it through a special, like a different lens, because you never know if you're going to have this type of special mix again. Because I think we we have established that this team is pretty special. They've got they've they've dealt with so much adversity, and here they are still five, four and a half games up on the Indians with all the stuff they've been through, and now they have the all world pitching staff. Everything's clicking in that regard. They're scoring just enough to win. They're playing pretty solid fundamental baseball. Not as good as some of the other teams we've seen. Not as good as the Rays at times, but good enough to win. And so I think if you're Rick Hahn, you look at that and you say, yeah, this this is one of those times where you may have to roll the dice. Like, you know, the Cubs did that move in 2016. And granted, they were off to a, a really a historic pace with pretty much every category, offense, defense. And they decided to go all in and mortgage some of their future by trading Glaber Torres to the Yankees for a role as Chapman. But they felt that that year – 
that's the one thing they needed and they had to get it done no matter you know hell or high water they were going to have to get that done and they did and they won and banners fly forever right so i don't think they have any regrets there despite all the years after that where you say man they could really use a great contact hitter like labor torres and you know there are no certainties in this game addison russell you know looked like he was you know the perennial mvp candidate and then you saw what happened there so you, you take nothing for granted, but all you can do is look at the team you have in front of you and say, how good is my chance to win the World Series? And I think if you're Rick Hahn, you have to feel like it's pretty good, so you have to do everything you can to fortify that. We all want sustained success for the next decade plus. We want the White Sox to be in the mix every year like the Rays. Um, they're taking baby steps in, in those directions, hiring the right people, you know, letting, empowering certain people to, to coach at certain levels drafting a bit better it's still not great but drafting a bit better and at least getting those draft picks to the you know on the you're on your team and on the field so they're making baby steps but i the the, the confidence of them being just good in perpetuity I, I don't i'm not a believer in that so you look at this team and this team only and i think yeah you have to do what you have to do uh, and make whatever move you you have to make um i'd still would err on the side of maybe another arm in that bullpen and then go on the lower end, the Eduardo Escobar end of, of the middle infield. But that's you know working under the assumption that you have limited financial and prospect resources, which I think they do both ends. You know the prospects are not top heavy at this point, and you know the the financial resources are, are going to be what they are. Like you know you hear a lot of stuff from the Cubs and how they're they're still not going to break even. So you can imagine what the White Sox would be saying if someone would ask for comments. So let's not even go there. But yeah, I, I hope they do what's right and and get a an impact player here. We're, we already know we're getting to, hopefully, knock on wood, with Eloy and Luis Robert coming back. That's like a trade. Uh, you're going to hear that a lot. Uh, I think our guy Rick will be out there talking about that. You know, you know, uh, you know it's like a trade in a lot of ways. You know, uh, So, you know, they will try to soft sell that. Uh, we but, made the trades, but we actually got two players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, what your point is, is well said, and, and I think this team is worth taking the risk on. Like, sometimes you could see a team and you're like, man, this team is not – what their record says they are. Like I can just tell by the eye test that this team is is not going to fare that well in the postseason, but they have everything that it takes to, to do well and go deep in the postseason uh, with a team they have because of the, the, the elite pitching and the timely hitting. So – and back to that elite pitching, we'll, we'll we'll break down last night's game here. And you know, sorry for going off on a tangent, but sometimes when we have the opportunity to explore bigger picture items on a day to day basis, I think it's it's worth having that discussion. So we'll see what the, what they have to make a move. I don't think they have the depth in the minor leagues to bring someone up now to to fill that spot. So I think they have to make a move. The question is, how big of a move will it be? We'll take a quick timeout, and on the other side, we'll talk about Dallas Keuchel's outing last night. That's next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by our new friends at Sports Trade. Have you guys heard about Sports Trade? Well, it's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. This is amazing. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. Finally, it's a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports, and they just added baseball to the platform. So check out Sports Trade today. Making money with Sports Trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points of the game. The more points scored, the higher their value goes. Two, 
Good old supply and demand, baby. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. Starting to see how this works here a little bit. When you're ready to buy shares, you pick the penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com and watch the How It Works video and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun and exciting and profitable new world of sports trading. Sports trade, this is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. This episode of Lockdown White Sox is brought to you by Wealthfront. You know, stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun. But if you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax-loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Weatherfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash MLB. That's Wealthfront.com slash MLB. All you need to get started is $500. Bucks. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed slash MLB to start growing your savings, go to Wealthfront.com slash MLB and get started today. Last night's game, boy, Dallas Keuchel was out there dealing. And when Dallas Keuchel was signed by the Sox back in, the, uh, I believe it was December of 2019, for that $55 million contract, we were all so excited because this is a guy, a Cy Young Award winner, a gold glover, which was on display last night, a guy who had been there, done that. This is going to be the guy, take the White Sox pitching staff to the next level, a, a guy you can lean on, the John Lester type. And last year with the 60-game season, we didn't see a ton of it. But last night on the south side against a really good team in a game that the Sox wasn't a must-win by any means, but I think maybe for the psyche of this ball club, it was a, it was a huge win nonetheless. Dallas Keiko goes out and deals. Seven innings pitched, four hits, no runs, just one walk, five strikeouts. Herb, we were texting out throughout the game about Dallas Keiko. What would you love about Dallas Keiko last night? just knows how to pitch i mean it's very impressive he doesn't have great stuff he just knows what the umpire is looking for we saw it right there with the rosarena at bat that ended an inning he threw a cutter inside he knew the ump was giving him those calls inside and so he worked on that all night long on the cutter inside cutter inside cutter inside even worked a check swing out of a guy who thought the cutter was going inside but it stayed outside so he understands okay i'm getting those five inches inside i'm gonna go inside i know a rosarena won't like it in there and if he does hit it he's gonna get sawed off anyways he's gonna ground it to my uh infielders I love that he has trust in his infielders. Even though Moncada's not down there at third base, Lurie filled his position well today. Started a double play that was clutch for him. He gave up a couple uh, runners to start the inning. Stranded those guys right there because he understands how to pitch. 
he understands what he wants when he needs to do to get the outs necessary so he gets a ground ball and then he gets a subsequent ground ball to get him out of the inning and he's doing this on purpose he knows that he has to use the cunning and guile for his style to work and he does it to a perfection i tw- i texted you i was like this guy's burly light like he reminds me he's like he's like burly hard seltzer yeah five <laughs> percent alcohol the man is not but heavy but but light but yeah you go seven we'll go to, seven innings worth you're like man this hit me right now yeah and it's like you know he understands the same pitcher gold glover he knows how to pitch he does it quickly. The game, I was like, damn, this game is going by fast. And it was reminder of Burley. I know I said it when he got signed. People poo-pooed that because there's only one Burley. But this is what this guy is. He reminds me so much of Mark Burley, and that's probably why I like him so much. And this staff, he's the fifth guy, maybe fourth guy. That's yeah, amazing. That's a good point. I, I that's one point that I was thinking of. Like he is often overlooked because of the guys you have on this pitching staff. You know, Giolito is sort of, he's our guy. He's the Sox ace. When we think about the pitching staff top to bottom, one through five, we think of Giolito because we've seen the postseason success. We've seen him struggle, and, you know, he figured it out before Keiko gets here. So, like, we can we see him as the number one guy. But Keiko's got the skins on the wall, man, and this was his best outing as a White Sox pitcher, in my opinion. He threw a couple outings last year where he allowed no runs, but it was only through five innings, and it was weird with the shortened season last year. He did have that outing at Wrigley last August where he goes eight innings, I think just allowing one run. That was a really damn good outing, but it was overshadowed that night by the offensive explosion that the Sox Mm -hmm. had on the north side. But last night against a really good team, like I said, just a masterful display in in pitching you know working you know up in, you know up down in and out and getting the ground balls getting soft contact going from getting hard contact in the in the early stages of the game to you know slowly but surely getting that weak contact he needed and i don't know if he was strictly setting them up from inning one uh, to get that weak contact lower in the zone later in the game stony kind of alluded to that a little bit there but you know just he had that moment of truth and where he was able to get that ground ball double play, like you mentioned, and Leori with a really nice pick to get that 5-4-3 going. And, you know, I was surprised, uh, to be honest with you, that he came back out even for the sixth. And then, you know, because, you know, third time through the order, you know, but Tony kept him in there. And then he comes back out for the seventh at 93 pitches to start the inning. And I was really surprised at that point. But then he just gets, you know, the two quick ground outs and he gets uh, Mr. Wendell uh, fishing to end the seventh (laughs) inning. You know, so it was just really impressive, uh, you know, pitching performance by Keiko. And that's that's what we signed up for. More of that, please. And if he's figured out how to get more ground balls. Uh, yes, sign sign me up for that. Like, and that will maybe change my equation of do we get to see Dallas Keuchel? Uh, where in a in a in a you know in a playoff rotation do we get to see him? When do we get to see him? Because against a good team like that, yeah, sign me up for more of that, please. Uh, pitching staff finishing off here. Uh, Bummer comes in that leadoff walk. I was very nervous after the leadoff walk, but then he gets the two quick ground outs and then strike out the end of the inning. And then of course, Liam Hendricks comes out with a wild ride there in the ninth gets into a little bit of trouble, but the stuff was still filthy. And, uh, you know, I got nervous there when, uh, when Lau came up to pinch hit and he was swinging from the, from his shoe tops and, uh, and he was able to get the strikeout on Lau. That was a big out right there, but just a, a job well done by the pitching staff last night, a, a shutout of a really good team and now they can go for the series victory today on the south side, 1 o'clock. Um, 
take a quick time out here. We'll talk about the offense last night real quick, and we'll preview today's matchup here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Herb and I, we just ordered 36 new Built Bars for our workspace because we love to snack during our shows on the score, and we don't want to have bad choices during the day. So we ha- we keep Built Bars in abundance at work. They're right there next to us in the control room. So let me ask you, Herb, what's your favorite Built Bar flavor? Which ones did we order? I already forgot. They're so delicious, though. I, well, I love the peanut butter brownie. That is one of my favorites. I think you ordered some salted caramel for us, which also I love that flavor. And thirdly, if you're going to order Built Bars for me, give me that cookies and cream, too. I'm on max yeah. all of them. I and, did. I got you some cookies and cream. I'm glad you like those. So yeah, we, uh, yeah, that's my stuff because you, it's under uh, it's under 200 calories for all of them. Like I think the cookies and cream is like 160 calories. And telling you, sitting on the board from a you know a beginning of a baseball game to the end, you're gonna have three to four hours of just not moving. It's a very convenient move just to reach over in the counter and grab a built bar and take you from lunch to dinner without having all these junk food and giving you great energy too it's awesome in the middle of a game just to sit there and eat a built bar real quick and they're delicious as hell absolutely they are and a little health and fitness update i am down 19 pounds now and i don't think i I would have done it without built bar they've just been so clutch and they've pretty much eliminated my sweet tooth for the most part and whenever i do have those cravings i have these built bars right there with me and I've got. Uh, I used to think I was cool and I was an influencer, but I think I figured out what Built Bar is doing. I don't know if you got this package, her, but they sent me Grasshopper Cookie, and it's a mm. new one that they're rolling out. I would expect you guys will see that soon at BuiltBar.com. It is those concrete mixers. It's one of my favorite uh, delicacies. And it's only 150 calories with 17 grams of protein, and it's delicious. I'm going to have one here right after the show as my little treat. So if you want to have some Built Bars for yourself, have healthy snack options in your life. Go to BuiltBar.com, and if you go there, use our promo code LOCKED15, and that's going to get you 15% off of your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. Built Bar. Built Bar. It's the best-tasting protein bar ever. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. There's so many things you could bet on each and every day at BetOnline.ag. It's got all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and even your UFC MMA action. Got a huge series with the Cardinals this week. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the latest news and odds, and you can sign up for bonuses and contest information. If you're someone who likes to play the Dow, you can bet on what the final digit of the Dow is going to be each and every day, okay? When I tell you they have everything, they have everything. I'm also looking at the hot dog eating contest this year, Joey Chestnut. Right now, the over-under set at 74.5 hot dogs for Joey Chestnut for Wednesday, June 30th, 2021, the hot dog eating contest for this year. You want to bet on the New York lottery? You can do that. You can bet on whether or not the number is going to be odd or even. I'm telling you, they've got all your betting needs covered here at Bet Online. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code. Locked on at Bet Online. That's promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. 
Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Getting back to that offense last night, just enough to get it done. That's basically the story of the season for the 2021 White Sox. And at, at that, guys, bottom of the order, the unsung heroes, the the depth guys getting it done. You know, where do we begin? That 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 fourth inning there, Yermin still struggling. It's not getting any better for him. Weak uh, ground ball, but a nice play made by Diaz at first, barely just just to get Yermin out in the, uh, for the first out of the fourth. Then Andrew Vaughn walks. Vaughn with a really nice night. Leury hits that little bleeder to the right side with runner gets runners at first and second there, and mm-hmm. then Danny Mendick comes through with that single. And when uh, Super Joe decided to send Vaughn, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it was bad. It was a horrible send. <laughs> yeah, it was a couple of horrible sends in Chicago baseball. Um, so, yeah, I, w- I was not in favor of that send. Uh, but a, a Rosarina with a poor throw gets by Mejia. And then Vaughn scores and Leury eventually comes in to score right behind him, making it 2 nothing. But I'm wondering if just that's just a coach saying, you know what, let's take a shot here. We need a little spark. And, you know, they didn't get much going after that. We'll talk about Engel in a second, but I did not like that send whatsoever. And we talk about process over results, but sometimes maybe you, you force the issue there when you need a little something going. But I was not a fan of that send. Oh, me either. It was just <laughs> like I saw a Rosarena getting the ball and then they cut to Andrew Vaughn rounding third. I was like, yeah. that's bad. I mean, Vaughn's not slow, but he's not necessarily fast either so rule of thumb for me i'm thinking like if the guy is tied you know he's hitting third while the guy's fielding the ball all right cool but i think he was just starting to round third when rosarena already had the ball and it was he was out from here <laughs> he was to, dead to rights yeah yeah <laughs> the ball i think hit either the cut of the grass right by the dirt and got lower than mahia expected and then right went right through the wickets and then the subsequent ball that um, McClanahan threw to him who was backing up the play was short too but he could have caught that it just on a real quick pick and had Lurie out by about five feet too so yeah you could call that two errors but they only called one error on a Rosarena I guess you know down to the bottom of the lineup you're not scoring any runs you haven't scored in a couple days I mean fine it was all right and but also you could say Hey, you have now second and third, or like what? You would add uh, bases loaded with Tim Anderson coming up. Yeah, at a three for four day. That's a good point. I don't know. You don't know. You got to take all these things into consideration there while you're doing the send. I thought in real time it was a bad send. Now I'm talking myself into. I can kind of see what Super Joe was thinking. Yeah, we're not seeing a ton of the Rays last year. You know, I, I couldn't tell you whether what the scouting report is on Rosarena's arm. Um, you know, so that, but still like anyone from that distance, I think, you know, you should be weary of testing, uh, but it was, you know, it worked. So we can't sit here and complain about it because I, it technically worked. And then, uh, Adam Engel next mm-hmm. inning with the, with the, uh, the real, the, finally they, they hit, hit the home run, you get the long ball and you know, if the Sox hit a home run, their likelihood of winning goes up, uh, 107 miles an hour off the bat, uh, 402 feet for Adam Engel, who, if you, if you look now, you know, we talked about it, and it sounded ridiculous as we were saying it. But after the Robert injury, after excuse me, after the Eloy injury, 
we just kept saying, it's got to get Adam Engel back. Got to get Adam Engel back. And it sounded like such a crazy thing, but it hasn't been that crazy. The defense in center field has been as advertised as it's always been that good. And if you look at him it's with, with a 1048 OPS now for Adam Engel, but that was just a, a big blast there when they needed it and uh, gave a little bit of uh, breathing room, and you needed every inch of that in that ninth inning. So that, that nice job by Engel getting on the board there as well. Yeah, it's awesome to see the guy just turns himself into a baseball player. I did not like him when he was playing the majority of games before 2019. He was just all defense, all speed guy, and he had zero bat. Like he would occasionally run into one or hit a double because of his speed, but you just didn't like the player as a whole because he played every day. He was kind of like how I feel about Lurie Garcia now, but Lurie's been here forever. So it's like, you know, too much exposure, you're going to be not good at the job that they're telling you to do. I don't know. It was a guy, Frank Menachino, who's turned him into a player. Hey. The guy is complete now. The guy is awesome. Like, I want him in the lineup every day. That's the conundrum when we have a full lineup. And I know that Tony's going to play Adam Eaton for the majority of the times in right field. But when Luis Robert and Aloy come back, I want Adam Engel to be playing the majority of those times in right field if we get no other player. See ya. See, the guy see, is see a starter. Adam Eaton, see ya. Get gone, I mean, gone get. T- tomorrow. Like, <laughs> do that now. I, I would be great. I would have Brian Goodwin as my fourth outfielder. And if you need a left handed bat and a guy who can play uh, out in the outfield instead of Adam Eaton, what is he bringing you right now? I mean, I know that's going to be a tough thing for Rick Hahn to do, but who's a better player, Brian Goodwin or. Adam Eaton. Hey, uh, Adam uh, Eaton. I think your your foot hurts, man. What? What are you talking about? I said I think your foot hurts. Oh God! What are you doing? Oh, now you're on the IL. I see you in sixty days, my friend. We're rocked. And we're ready to roll here. Um, yeah, I think maybe this is Rick Hahn doing this. Uh, uh, hey, uh, I didn't want you here anyway. You were a Tony Larusa guy and just steps on his foot. I think your plantar fascia is acting up. You better not uh, get off your feet for sixty days. Uh, so yeah, man. Just uh, it's it's great to have these guys contributing. But with that said, you need. You need the guys who are paid to be run producers to step up. Abreu does not look good right now. Um, you know, you need Moncada back in that lineup. This is a, a, a dramatically different team when Moncada's not in there. You need the the power guys. You know, TA is going to do what he what he does at the top, but you need those run producers to drive these guys in. This is not sustainable. Uh, with, with with the guys at the bottom of the order doing their thing, they are winning games, yes. But they, you know, I feel like they should have scored more last night. But a win is a win. I'm not going to complain about it. And they have a chance to get the series victory against again a really good team in the Rays today on the South Side, which brings us to our pitching matchup. Lucas Giolito back on the bump. He's five and five with a three eight one ERA against Ryan Yarbrough. He's four and three. With a three six three earn run average, uh, tell us about Ryan Yarbrough, Herb. It looks like he's uh, uh, going to be an opener type of situation uh, for the Rays today on the South Side. Is that what we're working with here? Well, he has a weird um, track. It looks like he started nine games and he's been in a total of thirteen, so four relief appearances. But he, when he does do his relief appearances, they're of some length. So he went. Uh, four innings versus the LA Angels, three versus the Yankees, 
and five and a third, another one versus Toronto. So like when he comes in as a reliever, he's coming in for a long, decent uh, stretch of time. So he started all the rest of the games and uh, varying results. The last two games he's had versus the Yankees very, and Baltimore. Very he's good. <laughs> nine innings versus the Yankees with only two earned. And then versus Baltimore, he only gave up one or two, uh, two runs and none of them were earned. So, yeah, he's been solid as a starter, a guy that is more of a uh, starter hybrid reliever. And they had taken a couple of years ago when they went to the World Series or not a couple of years, not last year, but the year before he was like half and half. He was a starter and he was a reliever like for 28 uh, appearances. So a strong guy, but also I think he's a softball. So a guy that the White Sox should be seeing well. Like they saw a little bit of a uh, McClanahan. Rue McClanahan was actually better than I expected. This, <laughs> yeah. this Ray's outfit, man, just keep on throwing next guy after next guy that you've never heard of in your life. And every one of them is just awesome. Speaking of that, uh, Glass now, it came out yesterday, uh, t- you know, torn UCL, and they're going to try and postpone uh, Tommy John and work uh, their way around that one and see if they can get him back sooner, but it's not good. And he went off on, on a tangent about. You know, he he claims that because they outlawed the sticky stuff on the baseballs and you know the the, the sunscreen and the rosin and the spider tech, like you know, he claims that he was throwing the ball uh, harder, trying trying to get the spin on it, and that's how he hurt his elbow. He said it was a direct correlation with his injury. Uh, it's certainly uh, something we will get into probably on its own episode because uh, we can't really do the topic justice. And you know, it's it's frankly it's a mess. I don't get pleasure or joy talking about. Uh, baseball's constant moving the goalposts and changing things midstream like I'm not a fan of that 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 behavior and I'm not a fan of guys using substances that they should not be using in some situations and I'm saying this case with glass now using substances they know they shouldn't be using and then crying when you take them away I could see points from from both sides of it but I just you know I don't enjoy talking about that and that's going to change things I think for the Rays the rest of the way we talked about it on yesterday's show that's a big blow to their rotation if, if he's not out there uh, pitching at the top of their rotation because he was having a really good year and now I guess you find, found out why uh, how he was uh, able to get uh, some of that great movement on those pitches but uh, yeah man congrats to our contest winner who's going to be heading to the ballpark later on today hope you're listening uh, as you uh, make your way to the ballpark and I uh, hope you get some good weather and I hope you get a White Sox winner above all but uh, we want to quick mention this here for our friends at the 108 they're doing a little uh a little celebration a little live podcast taping at cork and carry that's right our guys from the 108 it's called baseball beer and bullshit sorry that slips sometimes uh june 17th that's thursday night six o'clock at cork and carry that's uh 10 6 <laughs> I have these south side addresses. 10614 Southwestern Avenue on the south side of Chicago. They're going to tape their From the 108 podcast. They have a lot of cool prizes to give away, which yeah, I may have to roll up there, Her, We may have to see what's up with it. So, Wait, so are they at the the Cork and Carry out south or the Cork and Carry Park? Away, wow. Way out south. Yeah. That, yeah. This is, yeah. So, I mean, that's closer to the, to the south sider, south there in Beverly and Mount Greenwood. Yeah, exactly. So you, you come for the podcast taping right at 6. It starts promptly at 6 and then stay for the uh, Sox and Astros 7-10 first pitch from Houston. Uh, they'll have drink specials, prizes, and surprise guests 
uh, all night long. So that'll be a fun event. We may have to slide through. Uh, it is uh, it is a school night, it is a work night. Uh, but hey, man, we're basically we're just cruising into next week's uh, Pittsburgh road trip. So why not? Huh? Why not get the party started early? They've got some cool uh, prizes uh, to give away that are not even out yet. I saw the Moncada bobblehead, the Lucas Giolito Star Wars bobblehead. So they've got some cool stuff out there to give away. So I'm going to see if I can make my sock summer a cash offer right now for those items and just take those off the table. And uh, But, yeah, it should be a fun time at Cork and Carry with the guys from the 108. They, I'm sure it will be a fun time. So uh, with that, that's all I got today on Locked on White Sox after this uh, really, really satisfying White Sox victory, and hopefully they can take uh, the series from the Rays today. That is Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill. My name is Herb Lawrence. Ecknerwall23 is the way you can follow me on Twitter. And our show is at Locked on Sox, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go and subscribe there. Maybe hit the notifications bell. You know when we can drop a video then. 312-566-8727 is the way. You yeah, can sorry, voicemailers. I am so sorry. We didn't get to you the past couple nights, You ha- and then you respond with nothing. Last night, so you know, I don't know what to do. That's on me. I should have gone to more voicemails on uh, on Monday and Tuesday. So now you guys, uh, I, I get it. You're giving us a cold shoulder. That's fine. Get back in the mix. Get back in the mix for uh, for today's show when we when we tape today for uh, in the morning. We're gonna post this recap for the game three. We post it at midnight a Thursday morning. So hit us up with a voicemail, please, won't you? Three one two five six six eight seven two seven is the way you do that. Lockedonsocks at gmail.com is the way you can leave us an email. So for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Locked on Socks.